Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now, with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome, and today we're going to talk to Adam Cresswell, and he has a different type of hub, and we're going to get into that in uh, just a minute. So, welcome, Adam, and tell me about your academic background. Yeah, thanks for having me, Peter. Um, well, uh, I uh, after uh, regular kind of uh, elementary and high school, I grew up in um, uh, what's now known as Kitchener, Ontario, Canada, the traditional territories of the Haudenosaunee, Anishinaabe, um, Neutral peoples, as well as where I went to high school was actually in the uh, Huron-Wendat territory. Um, but uh, I went to post-secondary uh, f- at University of Toronto, Mississauga, and uh, I actually went for film and theater acting. So I was in fine arts, and uh, I'm an actor by trade. Uh, and so I went to the joint program uh, in film and theater acting between University of Toronto, Mississauga, and Sheridan College uh, in Oakville. Uh, so that's where I was from 2007 to 2011. About then. So somewhere along the line, you did some work, and you were employed by employers. Tell us about your work background. Yeah, well, as someone who went to school for acting, if you know anything about that, you probably work lots of jobs outside of acting for quite a while, and that's exactly what I did. I was uh, doing some film and theater um, but uh, as a young up-and-coming actor, that doesn't often pay the bills unless you're very lucky right off the bat. So I worked for probably four, uh, probably five years uh, at a really great small business in Toronto called Home Installers, and we did delivery and assembly of furniture. Uh, so we would uh, we would be in that kind of service sector, driving around Toronto in a big van, delivering furniture for folks and assembling it. So that was my Joe job for quite a few years in Toronto while I auditioned and tried to book gigs and often doing some, you know, film and theater for free. Sometimes we get paid and that would be great. Um, But I did that uh, for quite a while um, before uh, kind of switching gears uh, and getting back into a little bit more of my roots, um, which was I was a part of United Church summer camps and worked there for many years, in my teenage years and my kind of early university. Uh, and so I uh, came back and started working and doing some youth ministry uh, in United Churches in uh, Toronto and, uh, and Burlington and Hamilton uh, for a few years uh, after my furniture days. So somewhere along the line, somehow, I'm not sure how, got into this hub concept. So tell us about that. Yeah, yeah, we have our, uh, our own uh, hub. So there's two hubs here on the call today. Um, so when I uh, started to feel a pull um, uh, to uh, shift what I was doing, I saw, uh, I saw a need in the community that I was a part of growing up, um, this United Church summer camp community, which was a very, very singular and pivotal Um, life-changing community to be a part of when I was a teenager and in my very early 20s. And when I started to come back to that uh, after university and after some few years living in Toronto and sort of doing the auditioning thing full-time, I started to just see a need for uh, 
opportunities for young people in the United Church and beyond, um, specifically folks who are teens and y- this young adult age, this kind of 20-something age, sometimes called young adults in transition, a need for more opportunities uh, to grow in, in faith, in justice, uh, in uh, finding community spaces, real in-person relational um, community spaces where you know your neighbors and they know you. And, um, and I saw this need for it um, because that was what camp provided uh, so many of us in the years when we worked there, this incredible community and um, relationships and friendships and growing in our faith and in uh, our call to serve our neighbor and love our neighbor. Uh, and I saw the need for something beyond camp because camp is amazing, but it takes place in one particular location. I mean, there's many camps, but each camp is in one particular location. It's for a couple months of the year, usually, and it's usually a a short season of life. Not many of us get to play games at camp uh, and go canoeing every week, every summer for our whole lives. Some lucky people do, but uh, I I did it for quite a while, but even my time uh, there ended. And there was something so special about what camp generated in terms of the experience and the relationships and the spiritual growth for us uh, as young people. And I saw the need for that to be able to continue. And the belief um, that a group of us uh, had that it could continue um, with the right kind of structures um, in place that we could have those experiences in our everyday lives and in our lives past camp. And so that was the vision for the hub that... um, that we could take the energy um, and excitement of that summer camp community and bring it into our everyday lives during the school year. And we also identified in our community, there was lots of places that we needed to grow. Um, We needed to grow in justice and in inclusion. um, And particularly as, um, as a community that has a lot of folks who are um, settlers uh, and identify uh, with the Christian faith to understand um, practices of decolonization uh, and, and anti-racism and um, an affirmation to actually grow deeper and become more the types of people that we uh, believe in our community that Jesus calls us to be. Um, so we wanted to be able to continue gathering past camp and also grow and continue growing deeper. And so that was the vision for the Hub Community Network um, and our, uh, our network started with just a few people in a basement uh, in, in, uh, at one of our friends' houses with uh, a barbecue and an old camp guitar and starting to cast the vision for what this community network could look like. Um, and about five or six years later, we have a network of home churches. And we also operate mentorship programs, a podcast um, and events, uh, large events uh, like worship services and games days for, for teens and 20-somethings. And our mission is um, that we live to connect uh, young people with the liberating love of Christ and empower them to build a more just and inclusive world and a healthy planet. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the origin story of The Hub. So, Alan, uh, what is the podcast name? We've got to get a plug in for that. Sure. Yeah. It's called the Hubcast, And I will say that there's a few podcasts called the Hubcast. H U B C A S T. Ours has a yellow logo with a black uh, microphone image on it. Uh, and it's the Hubcast conversations uh, with our community. Okay. So physically, do you have a location or is it virtual? 
Um, I, I would say both and also neither. So we are a network that spreads all across um, the province that we now know as, as Ontario. Um, so we have local groups uh, everywhere from uh, London to Burlington to Hamilton to events that run in Sudbury and Kitchener. Um, so we are kind of a dispersed population. We don't have a specific building that we operate out of. Um, uh, and that really to us reflects the nature of um, kind of the generation that we're working with, which kind of is not uh, millennials and, and Gen Z are really not um, boxed in by geography. We have relationships with people in all sorts of places. And, and yes, we connect virtually. We have some online subhubs as well. Um, but we also have generated um, a partnership and relationship with a congregation in Kitchener, uh, which is Trinity United Church. And they've actually come in uh, as what we call a grandparent congregation. And what a grandparenting relationship is, uh, is this amazing idea that the folks at EDGE, uh, the United Church of Canada, uh, new and innovative ministry department cooked up, which is um, a relationship that pairs a... Um, that joins, I should say, uh, an established community or ministry or organization with an innovative one or a fresh expression or a young and new ministry. So rather than having a parenting relationship where the new organization gets completely kind of consumed or becomes just a part of that organization, there's actually more autonomy on both sides and it acts more as a relationship of support rather than a governance structure. Um, and it allows the space for a new ministry to learn who they are and develop and grow while being supported by the resources and experience of the established ministry. And so that's what the grandchild gets out of it. And the grandparent becomes closer to the orbit of the new ministry and benefits from its energy and its innovation and its connections. And so we are able to be backed by Trinity uh, in a lot of amazing ways. Uh, and in turn, we give back to them through uh, bringing fresh, innovative ideas to the table on their uh, working committees and in their uh, in their ministry. One of our sub hubs, which that's what our home church uh, networks are called, uh, the Hamilton sub hub leader. Uh, Steve has recently come on as their uh, interim lay minister. Um, so we found ways to give back to them, too. So so we don't have a building per se, but we do have a, a strong um, really uh, important relationship with Trinity United Kitchener. So you're the founder of this. Yeah, I some. You call it. Yeah, I sometimes lean. I try to lean away from that because I like that term. But for all intents and purposes, there were a group of us that really came together, and so I I, I saw a need early on. But uh, I'll say this: when I was, uh, I actually saw the need and, and started to have the vision and kind of the name and the idea for this thing while I was still living in Toronto and I was lugging furniture like five days a week, but nothing got off the ground and nothing really happened until really great friends and people, uh, my friends Alex and Rhonda and Paige and Steve came together as a group and started to say, let's take this from just an idea that's, that's rattling around in Adam's head. Let's actually do something about this. So so it was really a team effort. And also, I really feel at the, at the end of the day that the idea and the vision was really, it was uh, something that was very spirit-led for me uh, and something that I, I wouldn't fully take credit for because, again, the community that raised me uh, in, in my home church, my family, my friends, and in the summer camp community um, 
it's it's hard to separate what what's uh, what was maybe some things that are my idea and what were really there because I had amazing uh, people and and communities in my life. So Adam, talk about funding and partnerships. Now you've talked a little bit about Kitchener, but there's got to be more to it than that. You can't just operate out of your own pocket. Yeah, um, well, I'll, I'll say that you're absolutely right. Um, and I'll also say for the for the first few years of our life, um, we really uh, did find ways to do this at, at low to no cost. And so much of it, of our beginnings was generated out of the relationships we had and the connections we had with um, camp communities uh, and, and those people at the camps. So that when we came and said, we have this idea for this sub hub thing where it would be a, a church but it would gather in your living room and it would be connected to these other ones and everyone would gather for big events during the year. Does anyone want to get in on that? We had relationships and trust and amazing leaders in place at these camps that said, sure, I have no really idea what you're talking about, but I'll, I'll dive in. Sure, why not? So we had really brave people take risks um, and those relationships really were the core. And, and it was uh, my friend Carla, who I know you also know, often uses the term like bootstraps and so in a lot of way, it was very bootstraps to start. Um, and we, in the United Church uh, camping community, uh, one thing that's always very clear is um, you don't go and work at a United Church camp because you're looking to make money for the summer because it's very, very thin on budget. You go there because you believe in the mission and the vision and you want to serve uh, kids. Uh, and, um, <clears throat> and so we came from a community that really, um, programming and games and events and uh, these amazing theme meals and sponge wars and beach days and stuff all at camp those really operated with very little funding and a whole whack of imagination um, and teamwork and so imagination and teamwork came alongside the relationships and the vision that was there uh, and those really came together for the few first few years but yes then we eventually got to the point where we looked around and said okay we have like you know, four years ago, we looked around and said, we have like four or five of these sub hubs now and we're running these events. Like we, we actually do need the resources now. And so um, we were really, really, um, uh, really blessed to, to get to know Carla Leone from Edge um, who really connected us with, with the Edge, which again is that's the kind of new and innovative ministry department at church. And they connected us with grant applications. And so for, for that time in our life, grants were really critical so we applied for different grants talking about what our ministry is doing and what we would like to be able to do and we got some grant funding for that um, but as anyone who's applied for grants knows that's not a long-term sustainable piece um, and so that was where this um, this relationship of grandparenting and partnering with local church communities came in and that's been that's been sort of the, the newest step to start to establish more long-term um, resources and funding, and uh, and the next step for us is is really growing um, growing the grandparents idea because as we talked about in the metaphor, um, Rob Daglish, who's really kind of the brainchild behind this, you know, you can have many grandparents and you can have special, unique relationships with each of them, and so we are interested in inviting more, um, whether they're churches or community organizations or individuals. Um, to come alongside as, as as grandparents to help support this, 
And then the next phase as well for us is, is um, that Edge has really been helping us learn about is learning about social enterprise and how that can be a sustainable source of funding. So we're really just early on in that process. We're in the process of discerning what social enterprise is right for us, what fits with our mission and values, um, because as a, as a community that is really, really um, learning a lot from, uh, from brilliant liberation theologies and, uh, and uh, theologians, uh, we have to take a really good eye at what is, um, what is aligned with, with our values of Jesus, justice, and inclusion. Um, so that's the process we're in right now is discerning what that looks like for us. So if we look three years down the road, are you open to other communities of faith, such as mosques or synagogues or Catholic churches? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that we have... Uh, one of the things that we're really interested in when it comes to justice and inclusion is is understanding the the really deep value and actually critical nature of um of whether we say ecumenis ecumenism or interfaith relationships and, and partnerships and so i think that that's one of the big things as we uh go forward is we we want to actually establish more of those relationships because some of the worst um and most harmful uh, uh, cr Christian movements that have existed over the centuries have been ones that have been cut off from that and then become hostile. And, and so uh, colonization obviously being a huge piece of the legacy that needs to be owned as, uh, as settler Christians, as, as, as white Christians. Um, and so creating more opportunities for interfaith relationships and partnerships and support and groups, I think that's a really exciting uh, pro prospect. And, and right now we're at the stage of learning um, what that looks like coming from a community of, of, of folks who, um, who call themselves disciples, who come from a Christian background. How do we do that in a way that is, um, that is helpful and that is uh, in a learning uh, and listening uh, and, uh, uh, and a, a humble posture um, that ensures that we're, let, we're being led by folks uh, rather than being another group of Christians uh, who charge in and say, oh, we've got great ideas on what to do here. Um, so we're in that process right now uh, of learning uh, and growing, uh, but we would love to be able to develop uh, relationships and, um, and partnerships uh, with interfaith communities uh, as we go forward. How about rural youth and uh, young adults? How, how do you mm -hmm. approach that segment of the marketplace. Yeah, honestly, what's what, what's funny is that in a lot of ways, over the last two years with the pandemic, we've been able to connect more deeply with the the folks who are further away because before 2020, we really did invest a lot of time in our online and digital wing. We're we're very we were very intentionally focused on in person relationships and and place based discipleship of knowing. Um, knowing your neighborhood, knowing your neighbors, um, a great thing we're learning. I just learned from a great group I was part of on this book by Chad Meyer, edited by Chad Myers called Watershed Discipleship is the, is the critical nature of being connected to um, and relating to your watershed, um, which we can learn a lot from our indigenous siblings about what that means. Um, so we invested a lot of time intentionally in the in-person. And so that did, especially early on, really, um, it really made it hard to connect with more rural communities. Although with our cross-regional youth events, we did get to know some folks who were a little further afield. But 
since 2020, as everybody knows, everybody now has had to learn um, how to operate in new ways in digital spaces. I have more Zoom calls in the last two years than I had ever had in my lifetime before that, obviously. And through online opportunities, we do online games events, we have online small groups now, and we broadcast our worship services online as well. We have actually been able to connect more um, with, uh, with rural communities and even communities outside of Ontario, which we never would have imagined in 2020 that we would have leaders from the East Coast, from Manitoba, from BC, um, but we do now. And so we definitely are looking at what the uh, rural, uh, how we can serve folks in rural communities. And I think the, the model that we have, particularly for subhubs, of these communities that um, that really balance um, spiritual formation and growth, uh, relationships and connection and laughter and socializing and playing games together. Uh, and that's a big thing that the camp community, I think, brings that a lot of people miss is co resilient communities need to be able to play together. They need to be able to celebrate together. They need to be able to laugh and goof off and have fun together. And it has to not just be all business and productivity because that's a big lie. I think that the hustle culture of capitalism really brings us. Um, so, so playing together and serving the community as well. So that each of our sub hubs is really engaged in looking at how they can not just be a group for and of themselves, but turn their eyes outwards to their communities. And I think that's something that applies to rural communities too. I don't think that that's, um, there are different ways you do that in rural communities than in urban centers, but, um, but the ability to gather with one another, grow with one another and serve and play with one another that applies to rural communities in its own, in their own ways. And so we really think that the subhub model um, will be able to grow into rural spaces. So Adam, final question, how do people reach you? Do you, do you have a website or? Yeah, we have, uh, so we, we really actually do need a more like formal website, but we do have a link tree. Um, and so a link tree is basically like a web page that, that, um, has buttons that you can go to visit all our social media. Um, and so our, uh, uh, look at me, I don't even have it up, so I can't even say it out loud. One second. It's, it's uh, linktree um, slash the hub community. Uh, so L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash the hub community. And the hub is T-H-E-H-U-B and then C-O-M-M-U-N-I-T-Y, Linktree slash the hub community. And from there, you can join our mailing list with our monthly newsletter. We promise we don't spam you. We only send once a month. Um, you can learn about upcoming events like our March 20th uh, mini worship service on the concept of metanoia, which is about transformation. Uh, links to our podcast, our Instagram, our Facebook, our YouTube, and some of the online stuff we've done, like our COVID quiet time series is all there. Um, and so you can check us out there. Terrific. Well, thank you for your time this afternoon. Was, uh, you're creating something that should go national. Yeah, we hope so, yeah. <coughs> I can see the possibility of chapters in uh, different provinces and different communities. Mm -hmm. So congratulations on the work that you're doing. Yeah, well, it's it's. I'll pass that on because it is really it's a team effort. I just get to play kind of moving pieces around and background and behind the scenes. So I will pass that on to everybody in the community because it is a it's a community effort that made it possible. So, thank you. <laughs>